that's the only way to really go about it because I feel like being an artist it's so vulnerable and personable that it's so easy to read when people aren't themselves and not genuine or they're trying to be someone that they're not and that's definitely not what I want to do and even if I'm not going with the norm or going against the crowd and not what's trending that's fine as long as I'm being me I don't really mind Welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Pursue podcast. Today's guest is my friend, Juj. She is someone that is way beyond her years. She might be 20 years old, but as quoted in the episode, feels like 35 years old at heart. She is someone I truly admire and cannot wait for you guys to get to know a little bit more in this episode. You know when you first meet someone and you realize that you have a lot of similarities? That's kind of what happened when I first met Juj. She's someone that is very relatable, and I felt like we had a lot in common with our families, our backgrounds, where we come from, where our parents are from, and I just felt she was the perfect person to bring to this podcast because she has so much knowledge at such a young age and feel like she has a very good head on her shoulders. Just to give you a little background, she is a rising pop artist from Philadelphia, creating music in LA. She's making music for her restless generation. She sings to kids from the projects of the Burbs who feel trapped in their city and long to change their world. Like I said, she's awesome, and I can't wait for you guys to get to know her. Without further ado, my friend, Juj. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, honestly. Like, you're one of the best people I could have thought of for, like, my third episode. Or I don't know if this will be actually be number three, but you're the third person I interview. I'm so excited. So, Especially when I saw what you were doing, I was so, like, proud of you and excited. This is, like, a new journey for you, so that's really exciting. Thank you. I think podcasting is trying to make a little bit of a difference and bring some light. some Into the world. Yeah, I like yeah. that. So that's my hope. Hopefully it'll be, like, a really good safe space for everyone to come on here and tell their story. I want people to know about you because you're amazing. We've written a few times together now. You are an amazing songwriter. You have, I think you've released like four singles this year already. Since January, 2020. Yeah, I think we're at four. Yeah. Yeah, four singles. They're amazing. It's been a weird time to release for sure, but thank you so much. It was like super interesting, like still releasing during this time figuring out what was right because that was definitely a challenge when COVID hit and 2020 happened you know yeah for sure I'm sure it was also hard to navigate like when to release it with everything that's happened this year a lot of the singles that I released were very up-tempo which is very different for me and feel good and Mm -hmm. it took a while for me to release those because that's not how this year felt to me and I felt kind of disingenuine releasing these feel-good singles when me, myself, I'm not feeling the best possible. And I know so many people are going through many, so many different challenges that these like feel good up-tempo singles, as great as they were writing them in like 2019 or beginning of 2020, when things really got serious, it just didn't really feel authentic to release. So yeah, like, navigating that. Yeah, but I'm sure it was also such a good way to like bring, like we said before, like a little bit of light into the world, like an upbeat song yeah. can definitely help your day in any way, you know? that's kind of like when I decided to release them I just felt like the world kind of needed some positivity and rather than start with my ballads like there was enough sadness going on in the world and even though that's how I was feeling I was like let's turn this around for a little and shed some light because we could all use them you know of course take us back to the beginning when did you know that you wanted to be a songwriter and an artist did you always know was there something in your family or like your childhood that kind of gave you that 
little instinct or like moment of realization, what brought you here? Yeah, well, I would say definitely my favorite part of artist career is being on stage. I just yearned to be on stage all the time when I was younger. My family's not religious, but when I was younger, I made my parents like sign me up for church choir. So I joined, joined a church when even though my family's not religious, they didn't attend like services. I just wanted to be on stage. So that was at a very young age and I grew up doing theater. So that was like my main passion was just being on stage and that translated into acting and being from the East Coast, there was a lot of theater opportunities around like New York and Philly. So I grew up doing that. And then in middle school, when, you know, you're going through some of those hard years, I didn't really know how to like, what my outlet was to feel these emotions I've never felt before. So then I just started writing. Honestly, it was just for myself. It was like my therapeutic outlet going through my middle school years. And I didn't even really take it that seriously because I always saw like theater and acting being my passion. And so um, when I was 17, I decided to move to LA and um, my mom's an immigrant as well. So she moved to America when she was 18, like $100 in her pocket, little to nothing, had six jobs set up. She was working as an au pair. So that's how she like paid her rent by living with the family and taking care of the family. So having her as an inspiration, I was, there's no other way but for me to go like about my dreams. So then I moved to LA when I was 17. I worked as a nanny. And at that time, still, I was just seeing like acting and theater as my main road and didn't even really take the whole like songwriter, singer songwriter career seriously at that time until that's just where opportunities led. And I was doing open mics because I love to sing. And one thing led to another and just me going to all these open mics. I met some producers, which then introduced me to a writer who introduced me to Sean, who's my producer, who introduced me to my manager now. So like it just one thing led to another, which was crazy. But yeah, I would say that I took my writing as a therapeutic outlet my entire life and didn't really take it as seriously until I moved to LA. I moved to LA and still thought acting and I had some opportunities to do the voice New York and I don't know a lot of those like singer shows but then it's when I realized I can't make a career off of doing covers for the rest of my life that was a hard realization at 18 I was like this singer songwriter thing can't just be a therapeutic outlet for me anymore I kind of have to figure out how to make this into a career a substantial career yeah I can relate so much to that and I feel like a lot of people will too I think as little kids when we become creative it just lets us release what what's gonna make us who we are when we're older yeah. and so I think that's amazing that you you did that in middle school like you had that kind of like instinct of starting music already and I love what you said about your mom when you see your parents like excelling or doing what they're doing no matter like where they come from or the struggles that they've faced it's just so inspiring so yeah. I can definitely relate to that too like watching you know your mom like do what she does and like give you that kind of empowerment is definitely. beautiful I feel like my mom is definitely one of my biggest inspirations I mean she moved to America and I wouldn't say any of my family is like musical no one can really sing or anything but my mom grew up um, wanting to be a dancer and just with like the, not the means to survive moving to America with little like to nothing um, that wasn't possible for her so it was also more of a pushing point for me having more support than she did to make this dream of mine come true because I kind of wanted to do it for my mom as well because she wasn't able to necessarily and she's artistic in that sense where she like loves dance she loves interior design and that's actually one of her jobs right now she's an interior designer but um, yeah, she's definitely a big inspiration for me. Did When you moved here to LA, did you feel a piece of you kind of left your hometown or do you still feel really connected to Philly? 
No, I definitely feel very connected to Philly. I'm like, I have a sense of pride coming from Philly. I don't know. I love LA, but there's something about Philly, the city that's very like, I don't know. It's like a grind, hustle, strong city. I feel very strong saying that I'm from Philly for some reason. I'm proud of it. And I like, there's a lot of things about the East Coast I really like. I like, there's different people everywhere, but I feel like in the East Coast, you say what you mean and you get what you see. You know what I'm saying? There's no like going around the bushes, like you get it straight there and I feel like being raised there definitely made me into the person I am today in a lot of ways. I totally get that. I feel the same way about Miami. I'm like, that's my hometown. Every time I go there, I just feel so proud to be Latina, to be like part of like that whole just like vibe in Miami when you go there. So I totally understand. I feel like even moving to LA, it didn't feel like like I, home yeah at least. yeah yeah even though I've been here for three years now it still doesn't feel like home it still feels like a place I'm I'm living you know and I'm enjoying as I'm living here but it doesn't feel like my hometown yeah I feel like it took me definitely a while to get settled into LA and that's why I was kind of like stuttering on my words because it's hard to put into words how I feel about LA I've definitely like had ups and downs in a mixed relationship with it coming from Philly it's definitely a lot different and I would say when people ask what's the biggest difference I would say the people um, but that you'll find different people everywhere but the longer that I've stayed in LA the more I've grown to like it but I actually have a song one of my ballads that's coming out probably 2021 I it's crazy like when I write I wrote this song like a year and a half ago in London but now it'll probably come out two years after the fact it's just like it feels so distant that time in my life LA I wasn't the most fond of and now I'm I've grown to love it and I'm in a really good place and a good relationship with LA and probably by the time I release it I'll still be in a good relationship with it but it was from a time where I wasn't in the best relationship with LA not connected to the city and not connected to the people so I felt super alone even though I had so many people around me I felt very distant from them yeah isn't that the truth (laughs) I literally everything you're saying I'm just nodding like yes 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 Because it's true that I think in any city that you're, it's not your hometown and you kind of go to for the first time, you always feel a little distant. You always feel a little skeptical, maybe, you know, you don't really know people or like you have to find where you fit in. Yeah. But I definitely agree with that too. Yeah. And for me, at least when I was having some um, tough times with LA, I kind of had to realize it's not the city. I was kind of generalizing the people that I was around and not liking who I was around with LA. But then when I found my community, I realized like, you'll find those type of people everywhere you go, maybe some places more than others. But just coming from a place like Philly, like I said, which is very like, you get what you see, like, there's no if, ands, or buts around it. It was hard to navigate coming here and experiencing some disingenuine experiences when I didn't really grow up around that. So it was kind of hard to navigate. I just trust people. I like, and the type of person where, I trust people too easily and I give away my trust because I see the best in people. And I think moving to LA, I kind of realized that I need to be a little, not more jaded because I I never want to be that way, but just so be okay with being by myself because it's better being in by myself than in bad company. Because before I just didn't want to be alone living here, not knowing anyone because I moved here, not knowing anyone at 17. So I just took what I got. And then I realized it was doing more harm than good because I'd rather be alone and be okay with being alone than in bad company. Yeah. So once you, once you like found your community or once you kind of got over that initial hump of like getting to a new city and finding your people, yeah. how did you, how did you continue going? So like, what was like the next step? You know, you found your community and I know you mentioned Sean, which is like yeah. a mutual friend of ours. 
And so you started working really, you know, really closely with Sean and like doing your songs. Yeah. How did that come about? Like, how did you start kind of getting more involved in the music community here in LA once you moved here? I just think it's so funny still the way that I met Sean. Like I said, it was so accidental, but it was so like God sent. Um, I was doing a ton of open mics, like Crave Cafe, Tuning Fork, like a ton of those open mics in LA. And that's where I met my, I knew no one moving here so that's where I met a lot of my first friends and I got a lot of opportunities and people into my life through Crave which is just hilarious and because whenever people meet me in LA they're like oh Juju's friends are either from Crave, Philly or Camp like it's just like there's like it's probably Crave. Yeah so I was doing an open mic at Crave one random night on Tuesday and I met this producer it was just crazy because I was like singing Lady Gaga still doing a lot of my like theater stuff because I'm not the type of person to sing like the Charlotte Lawrence, Billie Eilish pop like whispery tone that was never me and that's what was trending at the moment and still a bit I had this like big theatrical voice which was like kind of weird to people here people were like in New York it's like common but everyone here was like she has so much vibrato you know and so um this producer who I met was like oh I would love to like work with you like we can just sort of develop you or whatever and I was super into because I never like really thought about my writing yeah I would like bring it to open mics but like I said that wasn't my priority and focus so I started working with him and just hanging out and he was giving me good feedback and he was like I mean if you want to try co-writing I can introduce you to this writer so he introduced me to this writer who introduced me to Sean and Sean's managed by my manager who introduced me to my manager so everything kind of just like fell into place for me at that point and I didn't really know at that moment um so then the more me and Sean got to working together and the relationship I developed with my manager the more things just started to feel more and more right and that's when I moved my focus especially even when I started with my manager and Sean I was still trying to keep up with like acting and kind of giving like myself to all these different places and I realized that wasn't going to stick I had to like put all my focus into one thing for it to actually work because trying to do it all just doesn't really work and I still love acting and I hope like one day my life leads me back to it but I realized I need to like pick one thing and stick to it so that was writing singing songwriting for me now I'm working with a lot of different producers but for a while Sean's produced a lot of my music it's really good having that person in connection because we're like best friends and also um I think he really understands what I'm going for so it's been nice having that someone who understands my artistic side the way that Sean does having him be there through like my first EP which was really awesome and then the first four singles and now I'm like it's been nice working with other producers experimenting getting other people's creative opinion and trying to like step outside my comfort zone I really appreciate having developed alongside Sean and him really understanding stuff like choir like choir is really big for me I love choir and that's why I've always wanted to incorporate it in my music I grew up in choir um, and for my theatrical background I just love the big choir background vocals and so finding things like that and kind of making it into like my sound so like Juge feeling oh this sounds like Juge he um, really helped me honed in on what I wanted and not necessarily because what I was doing especially for my EP and stuff wasn't what was like trending at the moment or really followed a lot of like the female pop mainstream songs that were really charting and stuff. I think that's really important though. I think it's super important to go with your gut and with what you know and what you feel is you. Mm -hmm. I think it takes so much guts, you know, to stick to like what makes you you. Yeah. Instead of following the crowd and in LA, I think there's room for that. You know, I think there's room for so many people to just like 
be different and show everyone like what they're about and what they like and what they, you know, they don't necessarily have to copy or kind of be the same kind of artist as everyone else. Yeah, especially like, like I said, being from the East Coast and like that being something I'm really proud of and um, just something that's like very me and my identity. Even like a small things like the production, like making it sound like like John Bellion, like trash can vibes, bring incorporating a lot of that stuff, which I like and just figuring out all these like small things. And that took a while. Like that took a lot of soul searching of me just on my own because I never wanted to like go into a session and bring a reference and be like, I want to write something like this. Cause I didn't want to write something like someone else. I want to write something like me. And I feel like that's been super big for me. I, you can draw inspiration from like a ton of things. I definitely do, but I never want to there doesn't need to be another of something else. I want to make something that's my own, so. From what you say or what it sounds like, Sean and your manager have been like super supportive of that. And I think yeah. that's also super important, like having a team behind you that really supports you and sees like the same vision that you have and realizes that you're not just like every other artist or like you don't want to just be the same as everyone. You have a vision, you have like a dream. Yeah. And I think that's super important to have as a young artist because- the more you get, I think, concentrated on like what you want and, you know, continue being focused on that vision you have, the better it'll go for you. I feel like you'll have more success in the sense of like, you'll be yourself. So it'll be, it'll be easier for you to translate and like be transparent to your audience, which are like, that's what you need with an audience. You need to, you need them to know who you are. Definitely. I feel like that's like, I would always say the biggest advice I would give anyone is to just like stick to what's right for you even if like you're getting led in so many different directions by a manager who knows what just like stick to it because it's not going to come across genuine or it's not going to even read right if you're making music that doesn't fulfill you or isn't you necessarily and I've been lucky that Sean and my manager and like everyone around me has kind of because I've grown definitely my music from the EP is a lot different from my music now and that just took a lot of me figuring out what type of music I want to make and what's right for me and who I am as an artist so I'm appreciative that they've been like along the journey with me and growing because it definitely took some time for me to figure out what was right for me I love like everything you've been putting out everything you've been like doing with your even with like your posts and stuff I feel like you've always been someone that's super genuine And I think that's something that your audience knows about you and that people really respect about you. Thank you. That's the only way to really go about it because I feel like being an artist, it's so vulnerable and personable that it's so easy to read when people aren't themselves and not genuine or they're trying to be someone that they're not. And that's definitely not what I want to do. And even if I'm not going with the norm or going against the crowd and not what's trending, that's fine as long as I'm being me. I don't really mind. I feel like you also are someone like, that we've talked about this much times you have like a lot of family roots you go to philly a lot you you visit there you like your family super supportive and i feel yeah. like that also brings a huge element into your music mm-hmm. and how you show up for your audience like having that support having that grounded where you're from roots that's something super important i think too as a young artist to like keep in mind and have on your team i have a song coming out again, which I wrote this one a while ago in Sweden too, but that'll probably come out 2021. It's the first time I've ever, my mom's Brazilian, so I'm Brazilian. I have dual citizenship and I've never really like incorporated my heritage into my music because it didn't feel authentic at first. I didn't feel like I could be a Latina artist because I didn't speak Portuguese. Um, When I was born, my mom was teaching herself English, so never really got around to teaching me Portuguese, which I'm trying to teach myself now because I want to be able to have a conversation with my grandmother 
once in my life without my mom having to translate it. And I feel like it would mean a lot to me. So I finally have the song that's coming out that's incorporating Brazilian heritage. And I mean, it's English, but it has a lot of the Brazilian funk aspect to it. And there's a song called Baiana. I don't know. I haven't told anyone this yet, but do you know the song Baiana? It's like that Brazilian chant. It's played at a lot of colleges and stuff. You definitely have. But the chorus, we interpolated it and put English words to it and then just wrote the song around it in English because it's played so much. It's even played in the radio in like London and Sweden, but no one's ever, no one even knows the lyrics because it's in Portuguese. So even when it's played here in America, um, no one's able to sing along to it. So we wrote a song around that and that's what's coming out. But there's a few Portuguese words here and there. Like I said, I don't speak Portuguese and I wouldn't like label myself as a Latina artist, but I was like, you know what? This is like something that's definitely a part of me, my Brazilian heritage. And it felt authentic to me. So I wanted to embrace that. So that's what I did, yeah. Yeah, you should totally embrace that. I think even if, you know, you don't speak the language, it's part of where you come from and it's part of like what you grew up with. And so I think that's something super important to include in your art if you feel like it's a part of you. So I love that you're going to have that little like Brazilian touch. Yeah, I know. My mom's going to be so excited. I haven't even shown her yet. I'm like, that's why I was like, oh, should I say the song? But I was like, yeah. Now that you've had like a few songs out and you've like already played on the radio and stuff, like that's super impressive how like what is it that you want to do now like what's your next step what's your next goal what are you focusing on now well like I said um being on stage is like what lights me up that's why I love like being an artist and I love writing too but I think what really like fills me up is being on stage so I would love to when things get back to normal or if they don't some sort of virtual which I hope they will but some sort of virtual live I would love to start doing shows I did a show at the Moroccan Lounge which was so fun it was my first show ever because I mean growing up I did like a t- never like of my own music it was my first show like with my own music so I opened up for this band called Oliver Riot which was super super fun and I just want to get back on stage and continue to write so that's it's been awesome like writing by myself and I like started to be able to like record my own demos and record my own vocals so that's like been good for me not to have to rely on anyone and be able to do it all myself because that's very important to me but um, I just want to continue writing and writing things that are authentic to me and being on stage I really want to that's like my next goal is to tour or to start getting on the road again when things get back to normal. I love that Um, one thing I ask all my guests is, well, I asked them two questions. I ask, what it was, what do you think is your biggest failure? And what do you think is your biggest success? I think it's really important to like redefine failure. I think it's really important to like realize that failure is not really failure. It's actually just a step into like going to the next place that yeah. you need to go to. You've already learned lesson. Le- so it's that's a why big learning lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of looking at negatively, I'm trying to think, not failure, but I feel like something, um, because I do take pride in being like a very honest, genuine person. Cause that's kind of like what I grew up around and the values that I was taught. But I would say something I learned, um, it's with writing. I feel like sometimes I wouldn't, cause I'm just this way as a person. Sometimes I don't say what I mean hundred percent of the time just to like soften the blow to people. And I kind of spin it in a way to like make it sound better or whatever. At, at first, I didn't say what I meant 100% of the time. And instead of like just saying how I felt, I wanted to, I cared too much about how other people would, because I want the listener to feel something when listening to my music, but it comes across so much better if I'm just writing genuinely how I feel and not really caring about how it's going to be perceived. 
And I feel like I, it took a lot of growing up for me to become more unapologetic with how I feel in writing and just in life. I mean, that's definitely something at first I wasn't 100% real 100% of the time with my writing. It was too vulnerable for me to write about how I was feeling in the moment. And I was kind of spinning it in ways that weren't necessarily, I guess, genuine. And that took time. I mean, I didn't put any of that music out because it wasn't good because it wasn't real. You know what I'm saying? Like I wait, not wasted a lot of time. It took a lot of time for me to develop as a person and an artist to realize that this is not going to stick because it's not me. I'm trying to like create something that's not me. And, and I don't like regret that. I don't see that as like a failure, but it's something that didn't work out for me. None of that music worked necessarily because I realized that if I wasn't being true to myself and true as an artist it wasn't going to be true to anyone else and it just felt not genuine to me and even though like oh this is the type of music that may sell like it's not going to sell because it's not me and even if it did it wouldn't even feel good you know I think that's something that every artist goes through I know so many songs I've written that I'm like oh my goodness that means nothing to me yeah, yeah. or it's not as important to me as another song I've written and so I think it's definitely essential to go through that time period of, you know, writing things that not really mean anything to you, just to like figure out what it is that you really want to write. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that was definitely a concern of mine before I like came out as an artist. It was when I was writing my like debut EP and I had so much to say, like, like I said, growing up with a hero like my mom and just the experience that I've been through in my life, I had so much to say that I didn't want it to be another like 18 year old breakup artist. And there were already so many of those. They had so many valuable experiences that I felt like could speak more. And those are the songs that I actually used for my EP. If you go down my first EP, there's not one relationship song because I didn't want, like I said, I didn't want to be another like 18 year old breakup artist and that's fine. But um, I was writing a ton of those songs because that's just like what I saw. And yeah, I could relate to those songs, but I had more of a story to tell, I felt like, and I could relate more to my story and then just those relationship songs that now I'm starting to write and over these past few years I've had like more mature relationships and I've been writing about those but at first I really wanted to have something speak as a debut artist and I just felt like my story was the best way to do so because it was very personal and real to me. I think instead of like a, a failure, it's just like, it's a part of your journey. I know yeah. it's like super cliche now that my, my podcast is called the journey of pursuit. No, but, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but it's very true. It's, it's part of your journey. Like you yeah. had to go through that at a young age to like get to be the artist that you are today and make the music that you're making now, which you seem like you're super proud of. And yeah. I love, and Thank I listen you. to all your songs that you release. Oh, thank so you. I think it's, I think it's definitely part of what got you to where you are now. And with that, I want to ask, so what is your biggest success? Like, what do you think is like something that you're super proud of that you've been able to do at a young age? Because you're super young. I'm the type of person, like, even though I'm 20, I turned 21 in February, I don't feel young. I know that's crazy. Everyone in LA, like, wants to shake me because all my friends are older. I have, like, not a lot of friends that are my age. But um, I, people used to tell me that. People used to tell me that I was, like, a 20-year-old, but I could be, like, a 40-year-old. Oh, heart. no, I'm a 20-year-old, like, with inside the body of a 35-year-old. Like, yeah. Yeah, the mind of a 35-year-old. I feel like what I'm most proud of myself for, and, and there's a lot of different reasons for this, is always picking myself up. I feel like the perseverance in the past few years, whether it have been like 
my Lyme disease or just moving out here at 17. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like there was a lot of times I was like in my empty apartment crying, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, hitting rock bottom once is one thing, but when it just keeps on happening, it gets harder and harder to pick yourself up. And it's exhausting where you just like, at some point there's times where you just want to stay there. You just want to stay at the bottom. But I feel like something I've been most proud of myself is picking myself up from that and learning and I guess not letting it shake me in times that it really could have because there's obviously like I'm 20 there's been a lot of times I've had self-doubt and experienced a lot of the emotions that go with navigating your 20s not knowing what's going to happen next year where your life is going and it's scary the trajectory not being able to see all this energy and time that you're putting into something how it's going to pay off but I feel like the more that I just came to accept and allow life to happen the way it is. And as long as I'm giving my 100%, just allowing to take me where it will. I think it's acceptance, which has been harder because I just wanted to fight and wanted to have control over what would happen throughout my 20s, even though I just entered my 20s. Especially this year, even too, the harder and harder I fought, not wanting to give in to like Corona, like I just wanted to work and work and work and not take that time to really like learn what it's like to be alone. Even though I was alone, like I was on FaceTime with people. But then when I finally like gave in because I was burning out, I just was like, I burnt myself out. But finally, when I gave up control and just accepted this year for what it is and saw it in a different perspective, I feel like that's when I've been super proud of myself because of the perseverance and being able to pick myself up rather than just stay at rock bottom because I'm like, could come back again. Oh my God. I don't know if that just, no, it, it, it made total sense. And I think so many people can relate to that you know there are so many people in the world I think everyone I mean not I don't think I know everyone in this world has like hit rock bottom at one point or another and that will and that ability to just get up every single time is incredible it's just such a a good thing I think there's something to be said for picking yourself up, like definitely having that support around you with people is really important, but yourself, you yourself knowing in you that you have what it takes to just get up and keep going yeah, is something that having that at your age is me. I sound so like old (laughs) at your age. I'm only six years older than you. I like having that at 20 years old is so admirable because you're gonna just be able to get through so many other things in your life as you grow older, already having that own your own support on mm-hmm. you, you know? Wow, that's incredible. And I'm so happy that you shared that because I feel like a lot of people are gonna be able to relate to you no matter their age. I mean, that's like something I feel like I've struggled with the past um, few years, like, because everyone defines success differently. And I needed to figure out what that meant for me. That just took time to figure out what does my definition of successful to me look like. And when you said, oh, what is your biggest success? Like, I could think about things like specific instances, like a song or an event that I've been very proud of, but none of that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't able to pick myself up. So I feel like all of those little things culminated into me being able to pick myself up. I feel like that's the bigger picture rather than a single thing that I'm proud of. I love that. That's so true. It's so, so true. That's like one of the biggest things you can do for yourself is like Mm -hmm. be there for yourself, love yourself, pick yourself up. That's what's going to help you get to like every single thing that you need to get to, you know? So I totally agree. I think it is your biggest success. And I love what you said too, like, because even though we've, even though like people say big success, 
I also think the smallest steps and the smallest things that you accomplish are so big because they really do help you get to where you are. And little things that scare you the most are the ones that you really just like need to take that small step. So, you know, I'm sure like when you first released your first song, you were like, oh my goodness, like this is my first song. But it was the small step you needed to take to get to now, which you're just like releasing songs every few months and you're doing it yeah definitely I think that it's a process and I mean like they say in Philly you just have to like kind of trust the process because um like I said in in your 20s not having that control over like where your life is going to take you or not a lot of control over anything it's just the acceptance and trusting the process and the journey because you can't really like see the destination so might as I mean you want to be able to see the destination and you work towards a destination but you don't know what the destination is going to look like years from now so just enjoying the journey I think is a big part of it yeah I've gotten to talk to a few people now like once since I started the podcast and it's so true like even on my end me starting this like I have no idea what I'm doing (laughs) like I mean it's like you learn along the way yeah (laughs) yeah this is just something you know I'm I'm trying out and I think that's uh, what I wanted to kind of show people or like help people that are young to realize Mm -hmm. that you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to have everything figured out figured out out. that's the biggest yeah like this is like I don't know how to edit you know like (laughs) I don't I don't know how to record properly without having interruptions or like little things happen like but I can't figure that out all at once yeah and so instead of letting that hold people back I think it should help you just like realize that you'll learn along the way and that you'll just make adjustments as you see them show you how to do it I love what you said I I think it's so true your biggest success is definitely like being there for yourself and picking yourself up and that's so admirable I love that yeah I feel like um especially during this time I've had to be an advocate for myself in a lot of ways because no one's going to be there for you the way that you can be there for yourself and being sick. I've learned a lot of that. It's just, you really have to be an advocate for yourself. Learning to be okay with being alone was a big thing for me. I'm a very like people's person and extrovert. I love to be around people and I recharge being around people, but I realize I need to be my own best friend right now because that's, even though it's challenging for me, that is going to be where the growth happens and where I'll see the rewards at the end. Oh my God. I love your story I just like love how powerful you are you know when like even when we're in in sessions and stuff like you're super kind and like you really know what you want and I think you also are just like not going to be mean in order to get there you know like you're not selfish in order to get there I think that's something super that's super like like something we need in this world right now so I really love that I'm so happy that you were able to do this with me especially I feel like I mean with Sean, my manager, a lot of my team's like male dominated. So I love like joining forces with really strong women like yourself. And I think it's awesome that you like use this creative outlet to inspire other people and hear about other people's stories. I think you're amazing Mm -hmm. as well. So it's been super awesome. Thank you. Tell people where we can find you, like what's coming up, any songs or like your Spotify link, anything like that. So all of my handles are at I M letter M, not I am. I am just Juge, J-U-J. I have a new song coming out probably the end of October, beginning of November. That one's called Better Sad. And then I have a Christmas song coming out the end of November. And I've never done a Christmas song. And I was a little nervous about doing the Christmas song because I didn't want it to be cheesy. And it like really, I was like, oh, this isn't me, all the sleigh bells and stuff. Like, no. But (laughs) we made it work because 
I feel like it's a song that really stands alone on its own. And yeah, there's some sleigh bells in the production and there's some Christmas mentions, but it's like a waltzy stuck with you type of vibe. And it's definitely me and it incorporates the choir, but it's definitely a feel good Christmas song that I'm really excited about. So that's what's coming up for 2020. I'm not quite sure about 2021, I'm taking everything day by day, but I'm just super excited and happy to be healthy and be good. I'll make sure to put everything on the show notes so people can just click on it and go to your music and stuff. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I I really think people are going to just be in awe of like oh, how someone so, so young is so cool. Thank you so much. Coming <laughs> to you, that's so sweet. I'm going to call Sean. Wow. Are you guys as in awe as I am? I just think she has such a good head on her shoulders and I'm so happy to call her a friend. I think she has so much to offer and so much insight and she can really help and inspire other people just like her. Here are a few takeaways from today's episode. Number one, find your community. Number two, it's better to be by yourself than in bad company. Number three, don't write something like someone else. Write something like you. Embrace what feels authentic. Number four, if you're not true to you and your artist, it won't be true to anyone else. Number five, continue to pick yourself up and accept that life will take you where it will. Number six, look at the bigger picture. You got yourself to where you are. You have a lot to be proud of. Number seven, you don't know what the destination is going to look like, so you might as well enjoy the journey. Number eight, no one is going to be there for you like you're going to be there for yourself. Be your own best friend. Number nine, success is many things. There you have it, guys. Thank you so much for being here with me today. It really means the world to me to have this platform and help you guys and just bring this energy here. I hope you feel it. I hope you love it. If you do, please leave us a review or rate our show. It would just mean the world to us. It would really help us. There's a lot of hours that go into this and I want to make it work for you guys. I want to make it work for the community. So let's make it happen. Let me know if you do. Tag us on Instagram at the journey of pursuit or at my personal at Drea Lopez without the Ian e Lopez. I'll see you guys next week. Ciao.